you what and we have we have a guest here who you know he's a he's a good friend indeed yeah here he is it's he has a very distinctive voice so i do it's earl skakel (laughs) how are you there's no introduction needed no one else has his voice that's true so i'm good Happy to be here. Ugh. An unruly maruly. Well, like, let's not call it. You know, honestly, I've gone back and forth on, on the name of this podcast. You know, people criticize me. People, you know, not people, namely uh, men, you know, who <laughs> feel the need to criticize what I'm doing with my comedy career. My alleged comedy career. I told you this before we started that last night I saw somebody and they said, uh, your comedy career is bustling. And I was like, fuck you. Where was this uh, gym uh, doled out at the Lexington? No, the Westside Comedy Theater okay. in Santa Monica, where I had a really great set. But, uh, you know, show? nothing will come of it. <laughs> was it an open mic? Probably not, but you never know. You, <laughs> you don't know. know who was in the room. Yeah, I'm constantly, I'm having a lot of career anxiety right now. You Why know? is that? I'm aging rapidly, I we, feel like. <laughs> we all are. We? Everyone's aging. Women. Women, men. <laughs> you don't age. I've seen your uh, moisturizers and serums. I'm eternal. <laughs> Something's going on with you. Uh, I just take care of myself. Are you sure that's all it is? Oh, I've never had any work done. <laughs> I'm not asking you if you had work done. I mean, you know. Would you, though? No. I like how I look. That's good. Got a wrinkle hair there, but I like the way I look too. That's all that matters. Thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> well, I knew you were going to tell me. You knew that. Yeah. Oh, am I that type of person who yes. just jumps in there? Oh, absolutely. But that's no, why you're. That's false. It's really not. But anyway, <laughs> it's not. Do you think I'm aggressive? We're just getting into it right away. Um, aggressive, like sexually. That like, I would. How know. about in any way? I think you're uh, boisterous. Loud. You know, when you're in the room, <laughs> your presence is known. Oh, people know that I'm in the room. There's a lot of people who I've heard that takes ten minutes to figure out they're in the room. I call them uh, people who are. Uh, <laughs> I I say this about people sometimes. They're like, yeah, you know, they have a face, but like they don't have a face. You know, what I, you know what I mean. You're right. I like do. they're not memorable. No. Like every time I see there, there's some people. Every time I see them, I'm like, who is this person? Yeah, they just blend in. Right. And at the comedy store specifically. It's truly sad for them. Well, it's just better <laughs> figured out. Figure yeah. what out? How to get a personality? Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. You just can't blend in up here. You get passed by easily. That's true. I stand out up here. I get a lot of people Oh, absolutely. saying that. Well, there's not a lot of people who look like you. No. So that helps? No. Except allegedly there is a woman in Los Angeles who... 
Sarah Keller told me this, that she was giving horseback riding lessons to a woman who sounded exactly like me and looked kind of like me. And I was like, what? Isn't that weird? I have a doppelganger. I think we all have a doppelganger. (laughs) Well, isn't there, like, statistically, I've heard this, is that the chances of somebody being, like, looking really similar to you are really... I don't know. Isn't there usually supposed to be like a, a few people who kind of look just like you on Earth just because of genetics? Yeah. I mean, uh, if you look at certain episodes of the show Breaking Bad, I look just like Brian Cranston. Do you? From <laughs> from certain, like, you know, when he had when I had the beard and he had the beard, I look like a younger version of him. Sure. So. Uh, Do you like Breaking Bad? I've never watched one episode. Are you serious? I was too busy with The Shield and something. <laughs> The Wire, the Sons Shield. of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy, I didn't watch until I knew it was going off the air. Basically, right before the last season started, and I like binge-watched all of it. I couldn't believe I had missed out on that shit. It's a great show. It was great. But what did you think about the ending? Um, <laughs> you know, it was. I get it. You know, he, he went out like his dad uh, on his dad's bike. The, the Jesus metaphor was a little too much. Right. Speaking of Jesus... He is risen because it is yeah. <laughs> it's Easter Sunday. Well, that's if you believe him. No. I was raised Catholic, though. So was I. Yeah. My mom, actually, she on Friday, she called me and she she's like, remember, don't eat meat today. I ate a cheeseburger for lunch on Friday. I had no. I don't think you're going to hell. Because <laughs> you ate a Whopper. No, I don't. It wasn't a Whopper. First off, it was from a local cafe. A local organic cafe that I eat at. Okay. Was it Cafe Gratitude? No, I don't go there. Have you ever been there? I did. It's expensive. And you're supposed to say, you when you order something, you're supposed to say, like on the menu, doesn't it say, like, I am? Right. Just give me the fucking burger. <laughs> yeah. But it's vegan, right? Yeah. But they have, like, vegan, vegan burgers. burgers that, you know. Go I've get. never been there. It's all right. I mean, you know, it's. It's like a vegan uh, Los Feliz freak show type of place. Sure. Well, you know, I I constantly get into this with people. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, L.A. is a great town for uh, restaurants and food. I'm like, no, it's not. People don't eat here. (laughs) Like, nobody eats, you know? I mean, I... Food is a low priority in L.A. I think there's variety here. There's good variety. Whatever you eat, there's a restaurant for. Yeah. Vegan, you know... All kinds of weird diets, you know, ma- macrobiotic. What diet are you on, by the way? Pussy. <laughs> no. Oh, sorry. That's um, such a lie. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, I eat well. You know, I don't. I eat anything because I work out so much. I can eat whatever I want. Oh, you work out every day. Hot yoga. Oh yeah, that's uh, true. Hot elliptical. yoga. I, I mean, I took hot yoga yesterday. I ate at like three or th- four in the morning last night. But I can get away with that because right, I probably burned fifteen hundred calories at hot yoga. So that many in one hour? Oh, it's brutal. This that's uh, true. Hot yoga is really difficult. But most of it's water weight. So you know, if you drink right. a bottle of water two hours later, you basically put back what you lost. Mm. But I do it more for the mental reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, Comedy is a strenuous business. Ugh! Don't even get me started on it that's why i thought i was here is to get you started oh yeah <laughs> yeah no i oscillate between wanting to quit comedy and 
You'll go through that. Everyone wants to quit at some point. No, it's like on a daily basis. Like some, like I'll like last week, like on Sunday, I was like, I want to fucking quit this, and then, and then on Monday, <laughs> then on Monday, I'll just keep talking. I uh, I had a great set at potluck, and yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I had okay, a great set on that. potluck, and I was like, oh, I like comedy again, but. I go back and forth, you know. And how many years have you done comedy? This is like my fifth year. Yeah, well, you're, you're number 10. <laughs> 15. Oh, yeah, no, but uh, that, no, thank you. I'm scared. You should be. It's a scary business, but it's a great business. Yeah, I think if you're not scared, then something's wrong with you, right? Well, you're a sociopath if you're not scared. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you think this is like, I that's those are the people that scare me the most in comedy. They're people who are like, they're always like fucking positive about stuff. What is wrong with you? Well, it's good to be positive, but to an extent, no. But I think it's weird when somebody is always positive, like nothing, you know, nothing phases them. They have no bad moods. I think that's crazy. Well, it depends. you know, some people use comedy as just like a social hang. They're not really serious about it. Those people tend to be a little happier. No. There's nothing. There's <laughs> yeah, nothing but to like, lose. I feel like the people who use it as a social hang don't ad- don't cop to that. They don't admit that. Right? They don't admit it, but that's why they're happy to just come up here instead of go up. They'll, you know, drink or smoke weed and like, oh, this is cool. Right. So that's not gonna get you past here at the improv. Yeah. You know, you gotta get up. Yeah, exactly. I get a little embarrassed sometimes when I hang out here. Yeah, but you're a comic. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm talking about the people who... Who don't. You go... Like tonight, I have a spot here at 1215. Yeah. I'll go in the back area, and there'll be people do- doing whatever. It's like, well, why aren't you guys on a stage? Yeah. I think you're going to... But they're happy, because it's like it's their social club. Sure. Not, they're not really comics. Yeah. So. Must be nice to not have to do anything <laughs> not really i mean it's like what are you guys doing you think adam's gonna poke his head back here and go oh you're smoking weed i should pass you, <laughs> you know. oh you mean they're co- they think they're comics they think they're comics yes. oh okay yeah but, i know exactly the types of people you're talking but about. they're happy though they think oh i'm there's earl there's up. heather there's uh mike schmidt oh i'm i'm, I'm around people i like but, right yeah, but i'm going up tonight yeah what are you doing yeah exactly I went up three times on Friday. Yeah, that's how you got to do it. <laughs> the triple dip. Yep. I used to do that when I started. Yeah. I had to get in some reps because I, I have a couple shows this week that I'm, I'm working on all new material right now. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way to do it. Not smoke weed in, in some back alleyway. <laughs> but what do I know? I, no, no, you do know. I just work here. Because you got past here. But I mean, it's not the en- just because I'm past here doesn't make me like the end all be all of, you know, whatever. But like, it just bothers me that I see, you know, these people just. Drink. No, I totally agree. I actually, um, well, let me tell you something that happened on Friday. So I was at this open mic. No, this was on Thursday night. Or- no, yeah, Thursday. I did a mic where, um, and I hate this. It's a it's a feedback open mic. Fuck that. <laughs> The only reason I went is because it's a five-minute mic, you know, so you get five minutes, which is pretty good in Los Angeles to get five minutes at an open mic, okay? 
So I'm at the mic and, you know, all the people at this open mic, you know, no shade. Like they're, they're not really comics. So why would you they're want their amateurish. feedback? Well, I went because it's, it's like basically, they're basically not comics. So it's more like a real audience. Do you know what I mean? I get what you're saying, but. And plus I just needed stage time and I had no time to go somewhere else. Okay. Stop judging me. <laughs> <laughs> not judging you, I just like you know. But there was this guy on stage. I already forgot his name because he's not memorable. And he uh, <laughs> he starts his set with this long anecdote about how he was on Kill Tony. Oh, there you go. <laughs> he was on Kill Tony like the week before, and it's like this long setup where he's like, "Hey, do you guys know what Kill Tony is?" And everybody's just like, "Why are you even talking about this?" And um. So the point he's trying to get to is that they called his dad on Kill Tony and his dad said that he was proud of him. And it was the first time his dad has ever been proud of him ever. Right. Okay. And so after his set, which was for me excruciating to watch. Okay. <laughs> I didn't give him feedback right after the set. You know, like some people they'll give like stupid feedback, but I decided to give him feedback in private. Okay. So, because I'm a nice person, okay? So, I let him know. I'm like, you know, you don't need all that all that long-ass setup when you're, like, talking about. And, and first off, he was doing something that I hate, which is, I call this stand-up about stand-up. Do you know what I mean? I don't. Okay, so, like, when somebody in their set, they're talking about, like, I was doing a show, blah, 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 or I did a set the other day where blah, 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 blah. So, they're doing stand-up about previous stand-up sets in their current act does that i hate that do you know what i'm talking about yeah but you know that's how they got to get to their point <laughs> well i he didn't need it so i'm telling him this and then he oh and then he's like he's like hey thanks um thanks for the advice and then he goes um you know i've, I've seen you before and i was like oh yeah he goes yeah i've seen you on uh, i've seen you on roast battle i was like oh of course and <laughs> Not to brag. And uh, and oh. then he's and then you know what he asks me? He asks how to get booked on a roast battle pre-show spot. Okay. And I'm like, how long have you been doing comedy? And he says, oh, I've been doing it about three months, seriously. Well, well I'll see you at roast battle. I'll, <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see you on season three. <laughs> and I was just like, and I, and I told him, I was like, you know, those spots are... They're basically earned, you know, and he's he goes, what do you mean earned? And I'm like, earned, like you have to earn spots like that, you know? I mean, a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> it's very presumptuous. In one sense, I respect his drive to ask. It takes, you know, you got to ask for shit, but he's probably not ready for that. No, definitely not. I just thought it was funny that he thinks he's ready for that. And then, you know, I kind of got the vibe and I'm not, I'm not this type of person, you know, you know, I don't really, you know, I'm more of like a, I'd say I'm more like a guy's girl, you know, yeah. like I hang with the guys, you know, but I kind of got the impression that he was being a little like disrespectful to me because I'm a woman. I could tell he had a little like smirky little look on his face. I mean, he's open micer. He's probably misogynistic <laughs> and borderline homophobic. I mean, probably. Uh, but I think I did a. I think I did a service by explaining to him what not to do. But I mean, you can't knock the guy for asking. I mean, uh, 
you know, uh, well, you got to ask in this business to get whether you're ready for what you ask for is another podcast. But, uh, you know, yeah, the spots are earned. You don't get to do stand up right before the hottest show in L.A. just because you want to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know. Especially with that weak ass that I saw you do. Well, but, you know, who are we to, I mean, you know, who am I to sit there and say this person's not funny? Let, let them get the spot. Let Moses or whoever books it, book them. If they bomb, they bomb. Right. You know. That's true. You know, Maybe he should do it. <laughs> who knows? He might kill. He probably won't. But who knows? He might. Maybe he had a bad set the night you saw him. You know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe he's a pretty funny dude and just. I mean, three months in, he's probably not that funny. <laughs> I mean, three months in, I was horrible. So right, I don't even remember. Oh, I remember what was going on with me three months in. What well, prompted you to start doing stand up, though? All my friends were uh, agents and managers, and I mean, big ones: ICM, William Morris, CAA. Yeah, and they were all like, "Get into comedy, Earl. You're funnier than any of our clients." And they had big clients, you know. You're with those agencies. You're not repping open micers, right? And uh, so I, they were just like, well, you know, just start, do some open mics. We'll help you. A couple months and find your footing. And uh, I started, and then they all quit the business to get into real estate. This fucking <laughs> bastard. But what year was that in? This was uh, probably ninety nine, two thousand. Oh, but then they got into real estate at a bad time then because yeah. there was a crash after that. Well, they were all, it's brutal hours when you're an agent or a manager. You're working 100-hour weeks, but these guys hmm. lived 100-hour weekends. I mean, that's why it was a fascinating uh, education for mm -hmm. me to be around them. That's I, an interesting time in Hollywood, I'd say. Well, it's just like, the, the, like one of them helped... Uh, represent steven seagal so we would go to these hockey games the king games yeah uh, and he'd have to make phone calls to like steven seagal on the way there and it was just fascinating to hear him bullshit steven seagal and hey we got the script for under siege three and <laughs> you know it looks great and then <laughs> you know or under siege two whatever it was and yeah it, so it was just like oh wow these people have to bullshit their clients and just many uh, hundreds of phone calls i got to listen in on and uh, but they they got burnt out. All but one is still in the business. And uh, well, is he in a well? He a can't really help position. It. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> really? But, uh, stand up is it's like its own island in the entertainment business. Like he represents huge actors, but he can't really help me because he doesn't. Well, who's have, somebody huge? That I can't he really helps. say. Oh, you know, but it's big. somebody I would know. Right? Oh, absolutely. Write a name down, and I I'm going to react to it. I, I can't you can't even, even write it down. I'll tell you off air, but like they're people you would recognize oh. uh, instantly. Um, so it's you know, it, it, but in the comedy world, he. You know, he doesn't deal with Netflix or Comedy Central. Right. Uh, he doesn't deal with, uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel. So he can't sit there and say, hey, can you get this guy Earl on as a stand-up or whatever. So it's just, in that particular case, uh, he can't help me. Mm. It's like I used to date a girl who was very big in the music business. Mm -hmm. A very high-end manager. She couldn't help me. Just because it's like stand-up is its own totally different i mean she worked with the same companies icm so on and so forth 
uh, work with like Metallica and Kiss, and you think, wow, they got to have some inroads into stand up. No. Yeah. So uh, that's why I struggled for a hundred years. A <laughs> hundred? It feels like a hundred, but when did you start? I someone asked me this last night. I it's so long ago. I don't remember. I I really I can't. Ni- late ninety nine or two thousand ish era. Uh, wow. So, and then didn't get on TV till roast battle. I was just a young gal then. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, everyone has their own path, so yeah, here I am. You know, we'll see what happens. Roast battle, uh, you know, it was weird to go from no TV credits for 15 years than to be on Comedy Central five nights in six days. <laughs> but that's how it could happen. I feel like that, that happens probably more often than we think. Well, but there's some people who are young who get something. I did a show the other night with a guy... Who's twenty four years old? Already done Conan twice. Who? But I didn't get his name. <laughs> very cool guy though. He's very funny. Wait, he, was he black? No, he's a white guy. Hmm. Uh, he's twenty four and he's done Conan twice. But th- there goes the path. Here I, I am. Feel like I must know who that is. It, very funny. I mean, you definitely could go. Okay, this, he was a joke machine. But you know, so there's one guy who probably been doing comedy five years. Bam. Right. I've been doing comedy fifteen. Yeah, there's really no way to uh, gauge what happens there. I mean, I feel like, I I feel like, like especially around the comics around my age, like the ones who like really like get pushed ahead are the ones who are like celebrated by their peers. I'm. Be- <sighs> And no. I'm not celebrated by my peers that much. Well, not yet, but like... I'm respected, but I'm not, like, celebrated. You know what I mean? But I, I don't think enough people have seen you do stand-up. Like, you're known... Like, I knew you through Roast Battle. Like, right. But that's a specialty show. That's not... Yeah. Uh, you know, I, a lot of people are known for... Oh, that's that guy or girl, Roast Battles. But Roast Battle isn't stand-up. Right. So, you know, and you're not going to get on... I Outside of Roast Battle on Comedy Central, it's not like... There's different venues for roast battle. It's on one network. It's, you know, very hard to get on that network. Uh, So I think some people get, their comedy gets overlooked because they're known for roast battle. Sure. Yeah. I'm a good comic, though. You've never seen me do stand-up, really, have you? Not really. Yeah. But but that's exactly how long we've known each other, for a couple years, two years? You know, you've never uh, seen me really do years, a set. Three years. Yeah, I have. I've but watched I mean, you several times. <laughs> popped in the OR maybe. Some, yeah, I'll watch you. You know, I mean, the, there. it's a weird, it's such a self-absorbed business. Oh, yeah. It's uh, gross. That you, I think that's what's ruining my life is the self-absorption aspect of it, but not me being self-absorbed. Well, everyone's self-absorbed. You have to be in this business. <sighs> I am I am to an extent. We all are. There's not one comic that isn't self-absorbed. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd just be doing stand-up in their living room. (laughs) You know. Right. Uh, So, but it's good to be, you have to be self-absorbed. You have to look out for yourself. You have to be into what you're doing. No one else is going to be. Yeah, I agree. You know, think anyone cares in the LA comedy world that I have a set tonight here? No. So. (laughs) I mean, not, not many. There might be one or two. Right. You know. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm trying to be. I think I'm way less selfish than I used to be. 
Well, I don't think self-absorbed and selfish is the same thing. You don't think so? I mean, I, no. Um, you know, selfish is... I mean, you have to be a little selfish, too. At some point, you have to be what's in it for me. Right. Uh, you know, I'm going through that right now. Where I don't... And it depends on your situation. Like, I don't have a manager or an agent, so I have to be like on certain things. Okay, I'll do this show, but what do I get out of it? Right. But, you know, 20 years in, you should think like that. Oh no, there's some things that even even on my level I won't I won't stoop to. <laughs> but that in stand up. That will change every year for you. You know, you'll do gigs now that two, Oh yeah. 2 years from now you'll be like, "Uh, I did that." Gig. No, yeah, exactly. Like a couple years ago, I was telling somebody this the other day that like there were there used to be things where I would drive like 3 hours to do a yeah. show unpaid or whatever and there's no way i would do that now oh yeah there's I mean, no way when i first started i would go to this coffee house in san diego on saturday nights 10 minutes of stage time but it was a packed show i mean it was packed for free right so i probably spent you know 100 bucks in gas whatever food probably all told 150 bucks to do this gig right now I'd be like, I want to make 150. <laughs> yeah. If you want me to do that gig. Right, so, exactly. It definitely know. changes all the time. And it should, and it will. Like you'll, yeah. You'll pass on TV shows that two years ago you would have jumped at doing. Right. Uh, and then it's like, no, nah, I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, which is kind of fun. Well, it shows you know. you're progressing and you're... Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, I was hosting this... Uh, I'll, I won't name the venue because they're not worth it but <laughs> i was hosting a, a weekly open mic there recently and i was kind of doing it as a favor you know because quite frankly it's beneath me <laughs> to be doing i think it is i mean hosting it, a weekly open mic in a place where i i had to well they weren't there I, I wasn't getting anything out of it you know like like some stage time or whatever and free drinks but like i wasn't getting paid i think you should get paid to host an open mic if the open mic is paid well, if they're making money on the comics buying stuff, yep. they should throw you 20 bucks. I think, I, yes, I complained about that. I complained about that. I complained about that. The guy said, I'm the only comic who complains about stuff like that. And I was like, really? So I'm the only comic who respects themselves, <laughs> basically. Pretty much. And, and I also complained because um, in this venue, and I won't name it because I'm not petty, <laughs> They were letting people smoke joints inside, like smoke like joints and blunts inside. And I just think that's like totally inappropriate. I mean, it's illegal, first off. You know, it's like basically like smoking a cigarette inside. Right. Because you're, you know, it, like you're breathing in all these like carbon monoxide gases and all those things. Like, I don't want that when I'm hosting an open mic. Oh, he wow. said I was the only comic who's complained about that. Is this at Sal's Comedy Hall? <laughs> no. Is that that sh- shithole you uh, ran on Pico? No comment. No, no, no condom. <laughs> yeah. No. What place on this place? I'm going to write I don't it know. down. You, I got the weekly invites. I was like, are you crazy inviting me to an open mic? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's not my fault. Well, it ain't my fault. I was. <laughs> I delete people automatically. You you didn't delete me. Well, you're cool, but like. Oh, and when know. they send you an invite, you delete them. <laughs> to an open mic, like, what are you talking about? 
That just shows that we're not yeah. friends. I'm just a number to you. So delete. Goodbye. <laughs> you know, yeah. But it's all good. Well, that place, you know, I predict they're. I okay. One if one year from today, if they're still in business, I will eat a tiny straw hat. But they probably will still be in business. Why do you think that? Because I've seen it. In all my years of doing comedy, for every comic that complains, I want to get paid, or, you know, I, I actually I take that back, complains, but it, for every comic that sticks up for themselves and say, I want a couple bucks for hosting, there's a hundred comics who'll do it for free. It's just the way it is. Yeah, I know, but like those comics are, they're sullying yeah, stand but that, up. Yeah, you but know? the owner of that place doesn't care because people are desperate for stage time. Oh, you'll you'll so always gross. get. You know, people who will do that venue, they don't care if you're hosting or not, or I'm hosting or whoever, you know, so that venue will always be in business. I truly doubt it, but it might be a horrible show, but they don't. Hey, care. when you're running an illegal business, disguised as an open mic. Well, <laughs> well weed's legal in California. I'm not now. even talking about that. Oh, OK. There's something that he does illegally that I'm going to write down right here. This is thrilling. Oops. I can't spell today. <laughs> what is early Sunday? I barely got here. Oh, was this too early for you? Uh, for me. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what uh, Sal did at his first location. Wait, isn't that place closed now, too? No. Really? That's the perfect example of what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sal's comedy hole. I've never been there. Well, full disclosure, Sal always treated me nice. Yeah. So I have no problem with him personally. But, um, you know, uh, they had more horrific comedy shows at that venue and still do. Hasn't hurt his business. People still go there. You know, so it's, you know, it's L.A. People are desperate for the stage. Uh, People are so desperate here. Oh, yeah, I see it, you know. It's so gross. see a lot of it on Tuesday nights up here, but, you know. Tuesday nights? A lot of thirsty people. At Roast Bottle? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, they think it's a way in here for stand-up. It's like, what do you Oh, mean? you mean the people who actually do Roast Bottles who are bad? Well, yeah, but they think it's their way in here to get in as Ugh. a stand-up. It's like, no. It's no. Not. I mean, you know. I mean, it is a way to, like, if you do well, to get in more socially, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, socially, but that's not going to get you in here as a stand-up. Yeah, no, you have to come, you have to it's get on potluck. Up. You have to, like, you can come on Sunday to the, the set of the night mic. But that's a good, that's a good open mic because there's something uh, that's of use. You know, if you get the set of the night, you get to do potluck. And right. Adam might be in the room watching. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's a good open mic because there's something at stake for you. It's you have a yeah. you have a uh, a benefit of doing well. So there's through the competition of well, I want to have a better set than Heather or I want to have a better set than Earl or whatever. You you know, it pushes you to be I'm going to put out my best stuff tonight. Right. So, I mean, you would think people would be trying to do their best. Well, I don't think some people <laughs> Some people are going to be at Pollock anyway, just hanging out. Oh, yeah. Which is completely useless. It's crazy. But I don't understand that at all. Well, they're not like I, I mean, like if you here's what I do. So I come to sign up for Pollock. If I even if I don't get up on Pollock, I'll stay and watch the open mic. 
And then when the open mic's done, I'll go and I'll go get up somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, you gotta get up. You know, just and it doesn't affect my life one way or the other if someone doesn't get up or whatever. But it's like it, the stakes are too high up here and at the improv. It's like the number one and two clubs in the country. They're not they're not gonna get past just by hanging out, right? So you know, <laughs> or by doing roast battle, right? You know, which is a great show. It's yeah, it's giving me everything. It's a fine show. Oh, it's a great show. It's giving me everything, literally. So, yeah. Uh, but in in terms of stand up, it, it's it's not going to help you. No. You know. Definitely not. Um. So wait, in the nineties, <laughs> wait, who were the, who were like? Some, did you ever hang out with like famous people in the nineties? Well, I grew up in Bel Air, so to, like, I run into. Like Leonardo I, DiCaprio or yeah. people like that. <laughs> we really? Went, we went to the same parties. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was that like? Well, all these agents and managers, they had me around because I was a big dude. I, I don't know why I brought him up. Well, I've seen him in a the Pussy Posse. You've heard that before, right? I've been. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been to some of the wildest parties on earth. So that's mm. why. Like, pe- like what? What's wild bangs. about people just like fucking in the middle oh, of yeah. the room? Uh, been to that's parties at the Murdoch's house. You know, the, the Rupert Murdoch. His son or his nephew <laughs> or son Justin has this killer pad in Bel Air. I went, and this house was beautiful. I mean, it was like, wow, everything's marble. And the guy's like, Earl, this is just the pool house. I mean, <laughs> it was literally, I thought it was the main house. Yeah. That's how nice this house was. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I saw, I mean, I we got into all the nightclubs because all, all the doormen at these clubs were actors. What so was like a hot nightclub then? Garden of Eden. Oh. On, uh, Hollywood and La Brea. Roxbury, which is now Pink Taco. Mm-hmm. Uh, across the street from Roxbury was Carlos and Charlie's, which on Saturday nights, this is how down we had the system. Saturday nights at midnight, it turned into Chippendales. Okay. <laughs> so for like from like nine to twelve, uh, it was you know a nightclub. No, I'm let me take that back. I take th- from nine to twelve, it was Chippendales, mm-hmm. and then at midnight, it turned into a nightclub. So from nine to twelve, it was only women in that club, and they're boozing it up, they're worked up, they're seeing these great bodies. So the doorman would let me and my buddies in first. Right. So literally, we would walk into a room of two hundred horny women, and they would just—it was just amazing. Wow. It was just <laughs> like just the hottest girls were just like grab you like you were a piece of meat. Uh huh. They just wanted to fuck and suck and whatever <laughs> and it was great and me and my buddies were the, like we were like the first four guys and the door guys would buffer the other guys so we were in that room for like maybe 20 minutes where it was just us <laughs> you know so you had four guys roaming we, and we would just split up as soon as we walk Earl we'll see you later okay I'm going there you're going there you're going left I'm going right Monty you go in the back Eric you go in the front and it was just awesome and this was every weekend and where did you say this was? On this was across the street from Pink. The what's c- now the Pink, Pink Taco, Taco on Sunset, right up here. There's an all white building that oh. looks like a architectural, you know, Art Deco. Yeah, uh, it used to be Dublin's, which uh, is very famous in the comedy community uh, because in the mid 2000s, Dublin's was probably the hottest comedy club in the country. 
Really? It was a room. It wasn't even a comedy club. Oh, I see. Because uh, the comedy store was, you know. Uh, it was kind of in a transitional Yeah, dark phase. era. And, yeah. Uh, you know, the improv was doing okay, but not great. Laugh at Well, this was, comedy wasn't really a huge thing then. This is like right when Dane Cook, maybe even a little before Dane Cook. Okay, was blowing sure. Up. Okay. That's where he actually started to blow up was Dublin's. Oh. So, uh, you know, that's. What before it was Dublin's, it was Carlos and Charlie's, right? And there was all kinds of underground clubs. There was a guy by the name I can say his name because he's probably dead. Uh, by the name of Anderson Chang, okay, and he was like this Asian Mr. Rourke. If you ever watched Fantasy Island, he was just this very well dressed Asian guy who would throw these really high end pussy parties at restaurants around town okay like, like five-star restaurants he would yeah. rent them out for the night mm-hmm. and he would hire escorts and prostitutes and just strippers and he would invite his celebrity clientele so yeah of course me and my friends would go and it would be like if someone rented out the comedy store and it was pitch black dark and it was just all prostitutes and escorts and strippers and people fucking and sucking and and it, girls would come up to you because they knew you were famous or had some relation with a famous person. So it was just like the Garden of Eden, but with sex. So that's what I did before comedy. Right. So that's when I come up here now and these people think they're pussy hounds. Like, <laughs> you guys ain't nothing. Yeah. Take the five horniest guys up here. They're I, no- I, can, I didn't even. I'm trying to think of one. But they're nothing compared to the people I ran with. I mean, these guys, like I said, they worked 100-hour weeks, and they had 100-hour weekends in two days' time. Like, right. they lived for women and got them. And so I was – because I was sober. You know, I've never had a drink. Mm-hmm. They wanted me around. And I was a much bigger guy back then, muscular. I mean, I was like – Oh, really? Oh, I was like probably 220 – you look like that now. But, I mean, I'm a little skinnier now, oh. like, uh, lean. Now I have, I would say, like a swimmer's body. Okay. Back then I had a borderline bodybuilder body, uh, so they wanted me around. Because these guys would fuck wives, girlfriends. They, they had no, Oh, my God. No shame. So they wanted you around as, like, muscle. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was, you know, I, I could uh, was a sober driver, and, like, there right. was many a time where I had to step in and go, hey, man, not here. And yeah. I'm a horrible fighter, but you know I just looked intimidating because I sure. had hair down to my ass. I yeah. looked like a a romance cover model. You're tall, tall, big guy. You know, I look like I wouldn't want to fuck with this guy, but I'm a horrible fighter. So if they would have swung at me, they would have killed me. But it's all <laughs> like comedy; it's all an illusion. Right. So, uh, but that's why I'm laugh at people up here now. Like the things I saw. It's like you guys couldn't hang for a weekend with my crew. No, I think a lot of people these days are very soft. Yeah, they just don't. But it was also a different era. You know, nightclubs were more. Oh, definitely. Like when I think of like Hollywood and like the late 90s, like to me, that's like. I mean, that to me, that's one of the most glamorous times in Hollywood because, I mean, think about, like, some of the movies that came out. Like, some of the greatest all-time movies were made at that time. And, yeah, like, Goodfellas, I mean, it's like... Casino. Well, I'm thinking more like, you know... Um, 
Titanic. Yeah, no, Titanic, uh, Mulholland Drive, you know, L.A. Confidential, like, uh, American Beauty. Like, just, like, these huge movies that... I feel like the 90s is one of the last great eras of American film. Well, it was just... A, a, we haven't really, like, recaptured that since... I don't think we will, because it's like, you know, this no. Harvey Weinstein well, it's different. was a maniac. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was, it was just, uh, you know, there was many more Harvey Weinsteins, trust me. Uh, oh, I'm sure. But strip clubs were different. Like, you could go there, and, like, it would, you know, see managers and agents were there gallivanting. Now it's like, I don't think many people go to nightclubs and stuff. Now, like, the comedy store is like the hip happening place yeah it is i mean you do see you do see a lot of people here like you, you go know? here like you know thursday through saturday night it is like a nightclub roast battle yeah. roast battle night's like a big night i mean some of my biggest celebrity sightings have been here yeah like you get john mayer coming up here Chappelle oh yeah i met him that was great he's cool i i'm the, i'm his biggest fucking fan i swear to god i've seen him like 17 times in concert i told him when i met him He's great. Yeah, he just hugged me. He was so sweet. He was nice. I mean, you know, he. I think he appreciates my honesty. Oh, your honesty? Well, he asked me, Earl, one night, what do you think of me doing comedy? <laughs> what I'm did like, you say? Uh, well, John, how would you feel if I interrupted the guitar. <laughs> one, one of your concerts and for 25 minutes played the guitar shittily? And he just kind of laughed. He got what I was saying. Right, yeah. He is a he is a guitar genius. Have you ever? I mean, I appreciate his, his talent. I yeah. mean, I'm more of a metal guy, but uh, it's, he's uh, he's very good. Yeah. But it's hard for me to call anyone from today a genius. Like I grew up with Prince on guitar, and like. Yeah, so. I know. I've gotten into this with people. I really do think that John Mayer will. I I I think he'll go down as one of the greats in guitar. Well, you just want to fuck him. <laughs> That's not true. I just want to be his friend. Okay. Uh, I do. Anyway, <laughs> if he was ugly, you would not say he's one of the greatest guitar players of all time. That's not true. First off, a lot of people don't think he's attractive. I, I think I he's think a very he's, good looking I guy. think he's an acquired taste physically. Well, he's... Uh, He's an interesting look. Ethnic looking. Like he's like Well, he's he, mixed. But yeah, he could be white, he could be Italian. You could he's, tell me he's Cuban. Oh, I well I actually think he's um I think his mom is Portuguese and his dad is Jewish. Yeah, you could definitely tell like there's something going on there. Uh, but in terms of his guitar playing, I mean he's a great guitar player, but I don't yeah. know if I would put him in there with it. Well, when I met him, honestly, that's the only because people talk about this like, you know, what celebrity like would be like the ultimate like celebrity meeting for you and to, for me it was john mayer and i met him here at yeah. the comedy store oh he's great <laughs> he complimented me on my roast battle <laughs> that's why i love the comedy he's great where else can you run into yeah. john mayer and he compliments you yeah exactly so he said hi to me first unbelievable <laughs> what a dream i mean yeah it's your dream <laughs> it was my yeah you're right I'm, I think I'm, I'm extremely passionate about John Mayer, though. <laughs> He's great, though. It's like, you know. I love him. Oh, who else have I seen? Uh, I saw Quentin Tarantino here. Yeah, he's a cool guy. I think he's in some trouble right now. <laughs> a lot of people are. <laughs> For, you know, that whole thing with Uma Thurman. Did you read about that? What? Because he's support. Well, I mean, Harvey Weinstein, basically. Well, no, I guess when they were filming Kill Bill, like, he, you know, she was in, yeah, the stunt where she was in the car and the car crashed. And, ugh. 
I mean, I don't. You it's know, not good. <laughs> but that's one of those things where I wasn't there, so I I don't know who. It's just weird when they bring it up 15, 20 years later. It's like, why didn't you bring it up then? Well, I know. I think there was a whole like legal thing about that specifically. So yeah, I mean, it's hard to like. I wasn't there, so I mean, I'm sure she's not making it up, but you know. Yeah, you know the thing about him that is interesting is you know his his uh, foot fetish. Hey, whatever. You know. <laughs> like, if you watch, if you rewatch some of his movies, like you'll notice, like, okay, this is a this is a foot thing. Did you watch Inglorious Bastards? I uh, didn't because I love the original one so much. Oh, that I I didn't want to. There's a tarnish. there's a very interesting scene having to do with a a woman's shoe and yeah. feet. <laughs> I I recommend you see the original one. Oh, I I haven't seen that. Well, I don't know if someone your age would like it just because there's no special effects. It's it's more of a... <laughs> I'd be okay with it. It's more of a campy, but it was mm-hmm. made in the 70s, so it's like it's got a 70s feel to it. Another but, great era in American film. Oh, yeah. The but 70s. It, that's why Tarantino, I think, remade the movie because he was a fan of... Well, all of his movies are more like, you know, he says this, they're, they're like tributes to films that inspired him, basically. And people want to call him a hack and be like, oh, he sucks, but... I don't think he sucks. I think he's great. Well, yeah, except I am a little... I have a little trepidation about his next film. Which is what? He's going to do a, uh, a film about the Manson family murders. Yeah, well, I'm... I don't think we need that, do we? I mean... Have we heard enough? <laughs> well, that one hasn't really been explored uh, on film. Like, there's been too many movies about the Kennedys and all that. But, like, I, I could see... Uh, a, a good movie about the Mansons, but you know it. That's a tough one. Like if it will do well, because kids today, like your age and younger, are like who's Manson? Oh. They think it's <laughs> oh, Mar- I know who that is, but but, but I'm I'm an exception. But I, you're I, well I know, read. yeah, I am, yeah. Like most people, I guarantee you, some people will think that's a movie about Marilyn Manson. Oh, like, or I, I think people even younger than me don't even know who Marilyn Manson is. Right, so they're certainly not going to fucking Charlie Manson is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's the risk. Like you see a lot of movies that are about people from that time frame. They don't do that well because it's like people who go to movies don't know who that is. Right. So, uh, you know, like certain remakes or sequels like they did... Uh, a sequel to Escape from New York, where like Escape from New York was an awesome. Are you talking about the one with Kurt Russell? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But it was in 1980. It was made with no budget. Snake Plissken. Yeah. <laughs> but like they had to shoot every scene at night because they yeah. didn't have the Is budget. Is that a, that's a John Carpenter movie, yeah. right? Yeah. But they did a sequel in like I don't know the Escape late 90s from LA. that yeah. had a big budget, yeah, special effects, and it sucked. Right. But it didn't do that well because most people didn't know who Snake Plissken was. Oh, I made my mom take me to the theater. Yeah, I, you know, Kurt Russell is my original celebrity crush. Oh, he's awesome. That's how I knew I was a straight woman was when I saw Kurt Russell. If you want to. I saw him in Backdraft when I was seven and I was like so turned on. (laughs) You will be doubly has turned on if you see his I, I don't know if it's his first movie movie but it's a spielberg movie called used cars used cars is this so from the disney era when he no, was no. in like do you remember he was in the oldest movies uh 1980 oh 1980 it's a movie about him 
is basically the same year as Escape from New York. Yeah. Uh, he is a used car salesman. Really? And, and it's he's so young and he and he's so talented in this movie. You, yeah. You you I fall think, in love again. Oh, I think Kurt Russell is one of the most underrated actors well he had a few bad movies and like definitely escape from la is like oh boy uh (laughs) but you know sure he's like stallone stallone is a great actor when he's in his sweet spot of playing that dim-witted you know and he's anything but dumb but you don't make obviously a half a million billion dollars i think he got in a little trouble too recently (laughs) but that's another one where it's like you know, over I love that movie that it the whole thing allegedly happened over the top, but like that's, oh, that's nineteen eighty six. Is that the arm wrestling movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean he, but that's another one where it's like okay, he did Rocky, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. Right, it really. Is. He wrote it, right? Wrote it, directed it. He did, directed it. Did everything. Shut up. Yeah, he directed it. I'm gonna Google that right now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, he asked out my mom. Oh, really? Yeah in the i think this is like in the early 80s so that's and it, like she said she was in a, a department store in new york and he she knew he was married well, i bet you that's right around the movie nighthawks that's prime stallone he didn't direct rocky he either produced he wrote it and he had he, I, he he wrote it but he didn't direct it it was directed John by abelson yes <laughs> but he, pro- who, he i don't know who it? this is what else did this guy direct what I think he did like the Karate Kid movies and shit. Oh, but like no, you're right. Uh, but Stallone had so many bombs that it's like you don't. Oh yeah, definitely. But in that movie Copland, where he's acting with uh, Ray Liotta, Harvey Keitel, De Niro, he yeah. holds his own because he's playing the dim-witted sheriff. Oh sure, yeah. So you know, Kurt Russell, same thing. He doesn't get the credit. I think he was uh, also in Copland, Kurt Russell. Was uh, he? If I'm not. I'm looking it up right now. Check that out. Here it is. Copland. Cast. Sylvester Stallone, Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Peter Berg. There's. Did you know him in the, I, uh, in he, the 90s? He used to go to my gym. <laughs> really? Yeah. Janine Garofalo. Kurt, no Kurt Russell in this? I thought he was. No. No. Bet. Michael Rappaport is in it. Oh, Robert Patrick. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. He was in from, Sons uh, of Anarchy. Well, I was thinking more about uh, Terminator, Terminator 2. 2. He's the guy. He's the T2, right? Who turns yeah. into liquid. I remember that. Good actor. Yeah. A lot of a lot of who's who's in uh, Copland. But like he, Stallone <laughs> held his own. Like you wouldn't think uh, this is the guy from Tango and Cash. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah. Ray Liotta is interesting. Well, he's, you know, uh, <laughs> he's another one who, like, probably one of the best actors of our time. But he's You think a, so? Oh, yeah. But he had a few bombs. I mean, uh, he was great in Goodfellas. I so. mean, Goodfellas is, like, the movie that, you know, made him. He's really good in that NBC show right now. I Shades think. of Blue. I yeah. can't watch that. I mean. He, I have watched it. I don't think it's that good. I like it. I It's too confusing. I, I missed some episodes and then I What's can't. What's confusing? I, I don't, He's a fucking dirty cop. He yeah, runs a I know, crew of but, dirty like, there's, cops. There's like, just too much going on. I don't there's like not too much going yes, on. Yes, there is. He's hustling. <laughs> He's a dirty cop. Fine. Like, I think I just don't like Jennifer Lopez that much. I mean, she's okay. I can't. It. Am I allowed to say that on the podcast? Yeah, it's Nobody's, your podcast. She's not listening. <laughs> I mean, she's probably not. What is with her reverse aging? What is going on with her? 
Moisturize. What is that face? I don't think it's just moisturizing. <laughs> but she doesn't look like she's had much work done. Maybe she Botox. looks younger than she did 20 years ago. Yeah, but the, you can... Uh, it's not that hard to look good. She must not drink alcohol ever, right? Is that? Probably. No, I don't know about that. But the alcohol and... Good genes, obviously. Well, that helps, too. I mean, you, could, you can't... You know, it's Puerto gene- Rican. I mean, I'm part Puerto Rican, so... Well, genetics is, you know, something you're either... You I think that's one of the... I think that's, like, the biggest component. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, some people get fat easily. It's just in their genetics. Don't even remind me. <laughs> but, I mean, like, you're just... There's nothing you can do about it. Some people are skinny. Yeah. You, you know. I, I fluctuate, but, like, I've I've lost a lot of weight recently. I don't know if you've noticed... Well, you're always wearing black, so it's hard to... <laughs> I'm not always wearing black. You're wearing all black right now. Well, yeah, but I'm wearing leggings. But you got like a muumuu on. <laughs> it's like... not a muumuu. <laughs> it's a tunic. Well, whatever. It covers... <laughs> it's hard to tell. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you roast battle, you always got your tits hanging out. And... Oh, that's on purpose. Yeah, of course it is. I go on stage with my tits out as often as possible, people. Well, you got to be careful with that. <laughs> Because then you take away focus from the jokes. I don't agree with that. I, I, well, I, I don't care if you agree with You it think so? Oh, absolutely. See, I never... I'm one of those girls who, like... Any any person can be like this. I never think that men are looking at me. Well, you know, with tits as big as yours. It's like if I walked out on stage with my dick hanging out, I could be Chappelle up there. They're going to be like, his dick is hanging out. <laughs> so... yeah. You know, I mean, no, one of my girlfriends, like she came to the roast battle. She's been a few times, but she was like, she's like, yeah, a lot of the guys were kind of like checking you out. I was like, oh, really? Hmm. <laughs> well, they're con- the roast that. battle comics are a hornier breed of regular comics. Oh, no. She meant like some of the judges were looking at me. And I, was like, I never noticed this. I mean, I, I don't know. I was in the room. So. Yeah. I, I'm just saying I'm I'm unaware of uh, men looking at me sometimes. Well, I mean, you know, they're looking <laughs> at you. I can assure you that much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having those tits. No problem. It's genetic. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's it. Just goes to which I'm pretty proud of. You know, a lot of people pay money to have things like this oh absolutely they go to dr fisher on cannon drive dr who <laughs> dr garth fisher garth fisher he does all the horrors and playmates I- <laughs> i'm sure stormy daniels went there oh my god her tits are I mean, you know they're nice but she, she looks a little haggard they're too but, much you know. they're too much for her brain i mean you know i'm sh- i mean she had a kid Poor so girl. I'm sure they said yeah, she knew what she was getting oh she has a kid yeah so, I mean, she looks good for her age and for what she's done for a living for the last 15 years. Just take loads. <laughs> you know, big. That's for sure. You know, I don't, you know, I mean. Yeah. He's a pig. She's a whore. I like, wish I was getting paid to take loads. You, you could, though. <laughs> like, you know, if your comedy career ever does No, I get, I, get paid in, I get paid in betrayal and yeah, heartache. Well, <laughs> welcome to comedy. You know. I'll see you at the. You know, it's funny, like, everybody, you know, people have these, like, these, a lot of comics are like, I don't date comics. But, uh, like, I feel like I do want to date a comic, but they're going to have to be, like, 
you know, well, first off, they're going to have to be a pro. <laughs> you know, they can't be an open. My last relationship was with a comic who he, I told you about this, right? He's like super jealous of me. Uh, you might have. But well, the last time we really talked at length when I was on your podcast, right. uh, I was in a relationship. Okay? okay. And now I'm out of a relationship. <laughs> Okay, I got it. Yeah, but um, yeah. So he broke up with me, and then like maybe like four or five weeks later, he had a new girlfriend. Oh, it's comedy. <laughs> yeah, but he was like jealous. Part of the reason he broke up with me is because he was like jealous of me in comedy. I was like, really? Well, that's his own insecurity. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not. I mean, all I date are comics. I'm not. I don't care what they're up to career-wise. Because I'm doing my thing. That's the way I view it. It's like, But I really think that. Some people say that. They don't think that. They're like, oh, they're, they're fronting. But I don't. I'm not dating someone to network. You know, like, I don't care if they're an open micer or if they're doing better than me. Right. You know, just in that regard, I don't care. I agree. Where we are. At. I agree. I mean, it really hurt my feelings that he was jealous of me <laughs> well that's his loss it is his loss thank you well i'm not just saying that just to say it but like you know do you really want to hang out with a guy like that anyway no I'm, i no, and i'm actually like even though it was like a really painful breakup to go through i'm glad that it happened i mean not many relationships last in comedy but i don't think many relationships last in general but especially in comedy that's true so many you know variables and instability on both ends <laughs> so so many people up in your business people are nosy especially up at the comedy people store. are nosy like there's this guy i'm hooking up with on occasion and you know people people like ask me about it they're like what's going on with you and him i'm like it's none of your business <laughs> like why are you asking me this uh, you know, they just want to get in the gossip world, and this person's fucking that person, and well, then they think, well, maybe I can fuck them. I mean, oh, it's not one of those. But I mean, not, <laughs> it's it can be that, and you know, I know with certain girls I dated, it was like, oh well, they're fucking Earl, but they'll fuck me. It's like, no, they won't. Hmm. So, sorry, Jack. So, uh, but that's their thinking, yeah. right? So, you know, it's a very alpha male. It's like a dog park up here. You know, you ever go to a dog park and see that every dog pisses on the same pole because they see one dog piss on it? And like, well, maybe I can piss on that pole. Yeah. But that's literally sure. the mindset up here. Sure. I can't even believe some of the guys who have, like, asked me out. I'm like, really? But it's, you're just a number to them. They just want to. <laughs> Tell her friend, hey, no, I'm, I don't um, think so. You, you better wake up, dude. Me? They, they just want to go to their friend the next day. Hey, I fucked Heather last night. No, they don't. I'm, you're crazy. I, I don't I'm think anybody. You. I don't think anybody's thinking about me like that. I'm telling you, <laughs> like especially in the the comedy store slash roast battle world, it's bragging rights. Oh no, it's, I I'm I telling think it's you, the you're opposite. wrong. No, it's not. <laughs> I've been on that show from day one and i've been up here a long time it's very like people just want to brag to their fucking loser friends at norms hey man i i fucked this person i fucked her too how tight was her pussy for you (laughs) 
Did she suck your dick like this? Because she did mine. You know, I'm telling you. Well. Welcome to Hollywood, dude. <laughs> Wake up. Yeah. Axel was right. It's a jungle out there. He was right. And that there's somebody who had some work done where it didn't go well. Yeah. I, well, I mean, <laughs> but he's in his mid-50s. I mean, Is he? Yeah, I mean, I'm but 49. But he was looking weird a while ago. Well, yeah, he got like Botox and cornrows and, you know, like he looked like a wigger. Like, <laughs> Wait, you know, were they on tour recently? Yeah, I saw them. Oh, uh, you did? Two months ago at the Forum. Oh, really? It's a great show. Was it sold out? It's, oh, yeah. So you couldn't fit another body in the Shit. Like, I wish I had gone to that. Uh, it was too long of a show. It was like four hours. And oh, no. Like, did they play every song? They, oh, yeah. They played it. <laughs> You know, the bathroom break was when they played like five straight songs off of Chinese Democracy. <laughs> and you could tell like the ori- the original three guys don't like each other. Like they don't look at each other. The original three guys. So Axel, Slash, Slash, and Duff. They don't like each other. You could just tell there's not a lot of interaction. So they're, they're just like, they're just playing for the money. Yeah. I mean, Slash, you know, is, I don't know why he's playing, but, you know, I'm sure they've had divorce. So him and Axl Rose don't get along? You could tell they're not like the best of friends. Like, oh. It would be like having a roast battle where the two battlers don't look at each other. Sure. I know? mean, but I would I, I would assume that being in a band is just like extremely stressful. Well, yeah, it's five different you know in that in that case it's i think there's two keyboard players uh five band members so you got seven different personalities all seven are at different levels like axel it's basically axel's band slash and duff left and then they came back so i'm sure they're bitter that axel controls the show and then you've got the the drummer who's been in the band for like 10 or 12 years right but he's not the original drummer so i'm sure people are like we want the other guy, and so there's all kinds of dynamics. What do you think of Slash as a guitarist? I mean, he's not technically proficient, but mm-hmm. he's a good guitar player. Hmm. He writes memorable riffs. Yeah. I mean, you know when Sweet Child of Mine starts up, that's Slash. Right, Welcome of course. Welcome to the jungle. That's Who are your favorite guitarists, though? Of, of- I mean, I'm uh, like Warren Martini for Rat. Uh, he is... Uh, you know, he gets a lot of shit because, oh, that's the guy for Rat. But he just did a uh, Frank Zappa benefit. Oh, really? Now, Frank Zappa's music's very hard to play. It's mm-hmm. very intricate. Yeah, he was very technically... Yeah, proficient. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Warren D. Martini was the best guitar player in that show. Right. So, uh, but see, but I also like a guy like C.C. DeVille from Poison. Okay. He's all over the place. Oh, yeah, definitely. But he's, wa- like, you want to watch him. Like he spins his guitar around, he's got the platinum blonde hair, and he he smiles. He's, he looks like he's having a good time, you know. Right. Uh, so I don't. I want to be entertained. Like I don't want to. Like someone like Ingve Malmsteen, who can play a million. Who? He's the. <laughs> his name's Ingve Malmsteen. He's a Swedish guitar player. He can play a million notes in ten seconds, but that's not entertaining to me. It's just mm-hmm. noise. Right. But he's great. Like, if you, any guitar nerd will go, that guy's one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Mm-hmm. To me, I'd rather watch CeCe DeVille. Okay. So, and Jakey e. Lee I, from uh, the mid 80s, Ozzy's band. So, hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Guitar player. So, um, 
Wait, what have you uh what are you working on lately? Other than I'm dying up here. Up. Oh yeah. I'm back on season two. When does that come out? I think the premiere is May sixth on Showtime. Yeah. And then the the Jellies cartoon on Adult Swim. Oh yeah, that's true. I, yeah. And then uh, you know pro- probably the number one. Wait, do you get to record? Do you go somewhere to record it? Or yeah. Where? Okay. Is that fun? I would assume that's, right. that's fun. Well, you it's just easy. go in alone and well, you record get, your lines. Well, right? there's times when Tyler the Creator was there. Uh-huh. Uh And then uh, what's and he like? He's great. Yeah. He's very focused and knows what he wants. You know, I I did my whole season. You know, ten episodes in one day. Oh wow. Because he knows what he wants. He's like, hey, you can come back, but we could probably do it all today. I'm like, sure. Uh, you know, because my voice is so distinct for yeah. voiceover work. There's not a lot of take. You know, I'm, I'm very fast at what I do because it's like, all right, Earl, say this line. It's, you know, we want it to sound like you, so there's no need to do it four different ways. Right. So it's, it's fairly easy. Um, and then, uh, but I still, the number one question I get. I get probably 30 texts, DMs, whatever, <laughs> messages. Okay. When are you roast battling again? Oh, my God. People are so- Well, let's talk about that. Are you ever going to roast battle again? Well, it's just funny that I haven't <laughs> been on the show for a year, and that's the number one. I mean, people- I ha- mean, I definitely miss you on the show as a hater. Like, you were one of my favorite parts of the show. Thank you. But I loved seeing you there. Oh, it's the best show ever. Like, uh, I just, um, it has to be the right battle. Right. I do miss, I miss battling for the strategical, like, okay, where are they going to hit me and where can I hit them? Right. I'm a counter puncher. I don't really like writing mean jokes. Some people get off on it. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's not my thing. Like, if you and I were to ever battle, which we won't. <laughs> It's like, I, I I love you. You've always been cool to me. I don't want to like... I mean, I, I think Roast Battle has uh, gotten to the point of... And I could be wrong, but it's just how I look at it. Uh, hurt them before they hurt me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't like writing jokes like that. Like, okay, I'm going to make fun of this guy's hairline. Because he's going to make fun of mine. So I'm going to get his first. Right. Uh, but I will... Uh, you know, it has the battle has to mean something. Yeah. You know, so that probably means I I've gotten a lot of offers for people that I've I have on the back burner right now. Well, yeah, I'm not. I get uh, offers. I I don't know if I say every week, but at least a few a month, and it's like uh, I'm not like I don't want to do a battle where it only benefits them. Sure. So, and that sounds probably like a cocky thing to say, but. You know, in the roast battle world, I think a win over me is a big deal because it's like, oh, he, he, yeah, he was on season one. I mean, you have to battle a certain level of comic, I think. Well, anyone can lose, like, uh, yeah, of course. You, which is what I love about the show. Like, I one of my two losses is to Whitney Rice. She never right. battled before. Yeah, and hasn't battled since. That's how you do it. Right. You battle once, you win, and you never do it again. Uh, yeah. But, like, uh, you know, I get a lot of offers of people who I think, uh, if they were to beat me, Moses or whoever could take them to Comedy Central and go, hey, they just beat Earl. Mm -hmm. But if I beat them, it's like, all right, well, Earl just beat them. Right. Thanks, Earl. Yeah. 
So, and, uh, you know, I'm beatable, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're all beatable. You're beatable. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I've lost. But, (laughs) you know, everyone's lost. There's not one undefeated battler. That's not true. Who's undefeated? Oh, my God. Well, somebody who likes to battle people who aren't very good. But that's, uh, see, I don't count that. That's I what I mean. Like I, I think that's a total cop out. Okay, I'll, I'll say who it is. I've called him out before because I'm, I want to battle him in New York at the stand. Robbie Goodwin, because he's ten and zero. But he's battled some good people. Okay, but like the last person he battled was like very inexperienced, and it was his first roast battle, I think. But yeah, I don't count. Uh, you know, and a- I don't think that's fair. Like once you get up to like. If you're if you've done ten battles and you're battling somebody who's never roast battled before, like get out of here. Are you serious? Oh yeah, I mean I agree. I don't think uh, you know. I mean my first two battles were like against people who weren't very good, so I don't. Right. I mean there's still wins. Yeah. You know I mean my first roast battle victory was against Boon Shakalaka. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, he would beat some people in the top fifty. Oh sure, yeah. Not many, but yeah. He's not as easy as you would think. Right. Because he's crazy. He oh, definitely. He don't give a fuck. He'll say anything. Yeah. <laughs> he, this guy's sucked dick to survive on the streets. Yeah. Because you're not going to insult his bad skin and have it hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but I'm very hardcore when I look at someone's record and go, okay, they're 10 and 0 or they're 9 and 1, but who they faced? Right, exactly. You know, like I don't. That's a huge factor there. I think it's the only factor. Yeah, because my record is kind of like oh, my record's like five and six right now. But, but you take on tough po- opponents. I do. I've battled like I've battled Dan Nolan for God's sakes, and it was close. You know, but like you know, that's like an, a real opponent. You know. Yeah. Um. You know, like someone like Kim Congdon, she's a killer, and she yeah. takes on the best. Right. I'd be more afraid to battle her. Oh, yeah. say, and I love Robbie Goodwin. He's an awesome dude. Yeah. But I would, I mean, technically he has a better record than Kim. But yeah. I would be a hundred times more afraid of Kim. Oh, yeah. Kim's uh, great. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. well, she's hot and she battles like a dude. Like, yeah. She's like, okay, yeah. I'm, I fucked a lot of guys or whatever. Right. I'm not fucking you. <laughs> right. So, there. <laughs> um, but, like, I don't, uh, I don't think many people are good at roast battle, to be honest. <laughs> no, it's a very specific skill. What's a slam dunk competition? Well, yeah. If you like basketball, it's I think it's really the best analogy. Like, uh, if you look at the person who do you like basketball? Much? Yeah. But like in the NBA, they All Star Weekend, they have the slam dunk right. competition, and usually the person who wins it is one of the worst players on their team, but they just have amazing jumping ability. Right. So, and it's easy to slam dunk a basketball. When you don't have anyone guarding you. Right, exactly. So I think, you know, roast battle is, is a similar, uh, you, know, you're, you know, I don't think many people are good at it. <laughs> They're not. There's maybe 10 or 15 who are good. Sure. And then, you know, the others. I've never, my last 10 opponents have been killers. Not yeah. one has been an easy, that that's, so to be 9-2-1 and one against killers, I'm proud of that. Yeah. I've never, outside of my first two opponents, which, you know, in the early days of the show, it was pretty much, hey, you want to battle? Do you want to battle? There were no rankings, you know, or any, like, hierarchy. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, 
proud of who I battled. Some people should be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. So, but we won't get into that. I agree. You know, but it's still the best show on earth. Five years running. I've never seen a show like it in L.A. Has it been that long? Four I think, years. I maybe? think we started in 2013, maybe late 2013. So it's maybe not quite uh, five years, but it's it's close. Wow. That's crazy. You know, and it's still going strong. I mean, uh, you know, and uh, who knows? I, I don't know what's going on with it. Like, you know, I didn't know what was going on with it when I was on it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But, you know, to answer your question from 12 minutes ago. Uh, yeah. Who knows? I never say never. I well, do miss the attention. The attention's great. Well, for those, <laughs> I was telling uh, Robin Tran the other night we were talking, it's like, for those 10 minutes you're up there, you're the center of the L.A. comedy world. Like, every, every eye is on you. Right. So, uh, you know, it's ho- hopefully uh, there's a battle out there that I wanted to, like, the buzz to be, oh, my God, they're battling. So, uh, but there's not many battles for me that would it would be like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. That's good. Yeah, you know, we'll see. I mean, um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Well, I'd like to see it. I mean, you know, it has to be. I want. I'm, th- I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of yours. I've always <laughs> loved you. I mean, I think even when I was the hater and I the first line I threw out about your tits, I'm sure it was like a, you had a, like a line. I forget what it was, but you're like, uh, I don't really know you, dude. <laughs> uh, but, it's, but you got it though. Like, what I've always loved about you, uh, and obviously most of my experiences with you are through roast battle. Like I, I don't think I, I've ever seen you do a set. Uh, was like you take the jokes like well that yeah. to me is so important to roast battle and adds to the fun of the show yeah like you know they're gonna make fun of your tits or they're gonna make fun of you for being a taller girl yeah or whatever right you know and you laugh and smile and yeah and and you know you have i mean t- it is funny most of the time <laughs> yeah so i mean i you know i know when i battle it's gonna be earl so old that blah 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 a right. girl fucked this person, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and if it's funny, I'll laugh at it, you know. And, and that's what I love about I think the best battlers are the ones who can, you know, laugh off the zinger. Like Nicole Buchanan's great at, you know, her droopy eyes or whatever. They're mm-hmm. gonna say. Mike Lawrence is great because, you know, you're going to make fun of his greasy skin or whatever. And he'll right. laugh and then kill you. Oh, Sa- definitely. Sarah he's, he's one of the quickest. Yeah, I mean, I was petrified to battle him on Facebook Live. You know, for the Rob Lowe roast, they were like, hey, why don't you and Mike Lawrence go to New York? Well, he's he was already in New York, but like, we're going to fly you to New York. We want you and Mike to do the Rob Lowe roast recap on Facebook Live. I'm like, that's great. And he's like, and then they were like, well, uh, why don't you guys roast battle after? I'm like, well, is there going to be a crowd? They're like, no, it's going to be you, Mike. I'm like, well, who else? Oh, the camera guys. And it was petrifying <laughs> to roast battle Mike Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> with no reaction. Like, you know, the camera guys are just. Yeah, that's so weird. So I would look at Mike and if he laughed, I was like, OK, that's a good joke. Yeah. So that helped me. And he got- you know, Mike is a comic who like a lot of. Com- See, I like this comics who, who give it up for other comics for good jokes, you know, like. Oh, yeah. He'll definitely give it up, you know. Well, in roast battle. Some he- comics who are just like. Yeah, what do you mean I have <laughs> fucked up teeth? <laughs> well, you do. They go in 30 fucking different directions. Yeah. But I think that's 
those are the best battlers, the ones who are self-aware. Like, you know, I know, like, I've told this before on pretty much every podcast I've done. Uh, like, when I roast battle, if I was roast battling you Tuesday night, mm-hmm. I would, two weeks, or whenever we made the battle, I would look at myself completely naked in the mirror and go, okay, what can she make fun of? <laughs> do, do I have a pot belly? Yeah. Do, do I have acne? Yeah. Uh, am I balding? Do, is my nose big? And right. So I, and then I go, okay, who have I fucked in the room? That's a joke. Yeah. So I'm I'm very self-aware. Oh, you know, I'm self-aware. You know, it's interesting. But, you know, I have kind of a cognitive dissonance because, like, I'll, like, almost every day I look in the mirror, like, naked or, like, just yeah. in my underwear. And I, like, think I'm very attractive. But you, <laughs> but you are. But no, I know. But then, like, you know, people will, like, they'll make all these fat jokes and, like, ugly jokes about me. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that, you see what I mean? Like, it doesn't agree with me. Well, you're not head. fat. Ralph, and I love Ralphie May. They love saying I'm fat though but i mean in roast battle you know i think people get it confused with roasting yeah i know like roasting is like if i'm roasting you you know the roast of heather maru like, yeah it doesn't matter where but like <laughs> i'm gonna sh- shit on you maybe for your parents or or whatever but at the end of the roast i'm gonna say hey, i would fuck you every day <laughs> That ends in why I think you're great. Yeah. Like, roast battle. It's like, how do I tear her down? How do I right. say your tits are this? Your, you know, your lips are this. You know, you're, you know, it's it's a competitive, it's a boxing match. Right. So I think you have to be self-aware. Right. You know, if you're fat, there's going to be fat jokes. Right. Ralphie May was not prepared for that. I don't know what. And I, <laughs> but I mean, I love Poor Ralphie. Ralphie. Ralphie helped more comics and always off the books you know some people help right. people and they make it known like i donated you know a hundred dollars on kickstarter to heather maruli's i don't know whatever fun yeah do it anonymous right ralphie would do it anonymously yeah i'm sure so, i heard nothing but great things about him but the point being he was not prepared for fat or divorce jokes right um i know if i ever battle again exactly what jokes are going to be done i'd be stupid to think they won't be so i'm prepared i've already written the rebuttals because it's going to be the same joke no matter who's telling them it's going to be what it's going to be I'm not right gonna, i'm not going to say what but you know so i'm self-aware so i agree you know um but that's part of the fun of the show that's true oh there's something i do on every episode with my guests oh i bet that <laughs> this is why i'm here <sighs> it's not that it's the blowjob at the end of the podcast that's right you know just a little thank you know you. Thank, uh, you. thank you earl for getting up so early on a sunday well sunday is usually a day a day of rest you know to not for jesus he came <laughs> rip roaring out of that fucking tomb only today yeah that's, One day a year. That's if you believe. He has come. He has risen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I was raised Catholic, but no, I do not uh, subscribe to that. I was an altar boy and all that shit. So. Mm. Yeah. No, I never did confirmation because I got bullied by some of the kids who were in the confirmation class, so I stopped going. <laughs> I mean, isn't that how Christian of them? <laughs> you know. Well, that's uh, 
they were probably uh, still in the closet. And, uh, oh, they're all cunts. Yeah. I have no problems like that. Especially all <laughs> of cares? them. I don't even. I don't even. One of them, I know their name. I'm not even going to give her the pleasure, but you're a cunt. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, I was never bullied in grade school because I've literally. Oh, this been... was in because you do confirmation in uh, eighth grade, yeah. so this was like middle school. But I mean, I've been the same size since fourth grade. So same I height. Yeah. No way. Yeah. They really? were at one point. We're going to have to take out my pituitary gland. Because oh, I, they thought you had like giantism. Yeah. I mean, I was like 6'1". I wasn't 200 pounds in the fourth grade, but I was basically 6'1", 150 or whatever I was. Mm. I had size 13 feet. Wait, how tall are you now? 6'1". So you were already yeah. fully grown by then? Yeah, height-wise. basically. Well, my parents were very weirdly sized. My dad was, he was probably 6'2", 220, but very lean. Uh, my mom was built like a brick house. She was five six, but legs that like thunder thighs. Uh, yeah. But kind of petite. Uh, other than that, um, so it was like a weird mixture of DNA. Like I, Interesting. I, I should have been either short or tall. Right. So, uh, but then I just stopped growing. Huh. Like I was dominating. So they didn't take it out. No, they did not, because they were like, "All right, you stopped growing like fifth and sixth grade." That's I kinda... crazy, because usually boys don't grow until later. Yeah, I mean, they they always kept an eye on me, and especially the guys. Like, well, there's one more growth spurt that could happen, and that's basically from maybe seventh grade summer to freshman year in high school. That's when most kids, if they do, most have a, boys, yeah. yeah, like they had that. Uh, I don't really follow college basketball, but there was that one player. I, I forget what team he played on. He's in the final tournament yeah he grew eight inches in one summer like, oh my god that must be painful well i mean I, I had a i had a growth spurt in like first grade and it was so painful that like my parents had to take me to the hospital a couple times because it was so much pain well yeah your fucking bones are yeah bad. yeah like, it's awful you're like it's awful you're i you mean know. by the time i was but when i was 12 so when i was in sixth grade i was already like five foot eight five foot nine yeah, I mean, it's really weird. tall. Like if you and I had kids, like just because we're both bigger people, yeah, uh, the the kids would probably be. I mean, if it was a boy, it'd probably be six five. Oh yeah, no, I anticipate having tall children. Well, it depends who the husband is. That's true. It does depend on that. If you had a husband with Renee Lancaster, or if you had a husband, <laughs> if you had a baby with Renee Lancaster, uh huh, who's a smaller guy, yeah. It'd probably be a normal size, average size yeah. person. But like, if you had like Dan Nolan, a bigger guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know Doug Fager, bigger, taller guy. Oh yeah, so, you know, very attractive. Yeah, Doug's a cool guy. Dan's a cool guy. He doesn't like me. You don't know. I'm not saying anything. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think I, he's really cute. Oh, Doug's the best and a great person. I, I, yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, there's not many people who are great. Comics, roast battlers, whatever you want. To I have call. a I have a running list of guys I want to hook up with before I get into another relationship. <laughs> it probably that could happen. So ridiculous, doesn't Not it? Not at all. I mean, you no. Know, I, I mean, I'm listen. having some fun. As long as you go into it knowing that they go into it knowing that, I don't think anything's wrong with. It. I think as long as both people are honest with each other. Yeah, that's true. You know. It's fun. Honesty is great. You know, I was telling you about a not really a problem I was having. I'm. With the I mean, guy that I like. It doesn't matter. Well, I... Did I overreact? Uh, well, <laughs> you're both fucking other people. I know. So, and, you know, I without know. getting into the specifics. Right. you know, he's not here. 
you know, you you both live in different areas. I'll ju- let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, I think you know it's uh, as someone who's done long distance flings, relationships, whatever you want to call it, it, it can't work unless you're in the same city. It just can't. I yeah, I was in a long distance relationship in college. And how long did it last? Almost three years. I mean, that's right. And then he broke up with me the week before I was moving back to be in the same city as him. Welcome to New York. (laughs) I was in New York. I was living in New York and he was in Colorado and I was moving back to Colorado and he broke up with me the week fucking before. Isn't that crazy? I'll see you in Columbine. Uh, Jesus. I mean, I'm still annoyed with that. The Columbine? No. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean. That breakup. Oh, I'm annoyed with. Uh, several breakups but uh you know i think as long as you're honest with the other person yeah that's what i'm saying more honesty please i try to be honest with people but sometimes it doesn't work like honesty uh you think it backfires <laughs> with me it did in in uh you know a few situations you know like uh you know what i hate and this happened a few times is when you uh, break up with someone. If they break up with you, it doesn't matter who broke up with you. Right. You get back together, and they want to know who you hooked up with. Oh, interim. God. It never, ever. I would never. I don't want to I would know. never. If you and I date, we break up. Say we dated for a year. It doesn't matter. The time. Uh-huh. Six months, year. And we break up. You have fun. I have fun. I don't care if you fuck the whole L.A. comedy yeah. community. I don't want to know about oh, it. Oh, no, no, no. I, I've i learned this lesson multiple times. I will never in the future disclose my sexual history to a partner unless, I don't know, unless there was something critical about it. But it's like, no, I'm not going into details. Like, especially like, oh, yeah, I fucked your friend. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it, like, come on, get out of here. Because then they want to one-up you. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, you fucked uh, Jim? Well, I fucked uh, Gina. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they say, well, I could have gone a million lifetimes without knowing that. Right. So a point of that is honesty sometimes isn't the best policy. Right. I agree. So, you know. But I've had more failed relationships than OJ, so you know, what, what well, do I know? But, but that's what I'm saying. In my situation, I don't want to know about the other Yeah, I mean, stuff. you know he's doing stuff. He knows you're doing stuff. Right. If you're ever in the same city, if, if he moves out here, you move out there. Great. Date. And don't worry about who you fucked in the interim. That's true. Okay. Well, I'll relax a little on that. Okay. Well, there's there's one last thing I want to okay. do before Sorry. we go. So you were born. What's your birthday? September 17th? September 17th. So I, I read people with their birth cards on here. It's like a destiny card. And it, you can tell me if it describes you. You got it. <laughs> okay. So your birth card is the seven of clubs. I don't know what that means. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, Seven is the most mystical of all numbers, the hardest to understand or the most beautiful and rewarding influence in anyone's life. On the tree of life, the seven is the sphere of the sphere of victory. Seven is a perfect number and difficult to live up to and uh, has a requirement of perfection. Seven is the number of our soul. There are no young souls with a seven birth card. <laughs> Seven of Club's exact expression can be found through the realm of inspired knowledge. The plan is to cultivate their great gift of intuition and listen carefully to it. Seven of Clubs have a great power behind them, the power that not just gives them an opportunity to exercise right judgments of values, 
but it secures their protection when unfairness is exercised. They often worry about finances, but they can always make good money if they work for it. Many seven of clubs do work, but periodically they get into a panic and get into some unwise investment or get-rich-quick scheme that leaves them poorer than ever. Education is a prime essential. When this is neglected, the accomplishments are problematic. Seven of clubs should train their minds to be strong and never succumb under the pressure. Uh, Neither should they accept the discouragement or worry over a multitude of things that never happen. There's a subconscious urge for spiritual development. The seven of clubs keeps on seeking religion until they find the faith they can cling to. There is sometimes scandal and backbiting connected with this card. Trouble in their work usually comes through labor disputes and unreliable employees. It often reacts unfavorably on health and mental confusion. If you are a seven of clubs, you must realize that you can always succeed and succeed significantly through work and application. Watch out for petty and frivolous associates, psychic experiments, gambling, drinking, and careless, thoughtless living. Seven of clubs who live an upright life have provided themselves with fine educational foundation, have developed their intuitive power, and have crowned their life with tremendous achievement and success. Seven of clubs people are opinionated and often mentally stubborn. They might be competitive rather than cooperative. They like debates on controversial subjects, like to associate with lawyers, politicians, and take the other side of any argument. They may have a very supporting and nurturing mother who stimulated their ambitions and an interfering father or older brother interfering their naturally, their naturally combative spirit. What do you think? <laughs> does oh, that so sound like you at all? It does. Uh, really, the only thing I would uh, not, it's not necessarily disagree with, but it doesn't really fit me, is the bad financial investments. I'm very good at Okay. Um, it you know it goes to something I. Well, they said, but uh, this part they often worry about finance. Do you ever worry? Oh, about I me? well, I do. I always do. Too. Yeah. Well, everyone does. <laughs> yeah. From me to you to Trump. Oh yeah. All, uh, you know, but in terms of investments, I'm very good. My probably my best asset in life is I think two steps ahead on anything I do. Right. So, like, if I'm going to invest in a bar, let's say, someone asked me recently, "Would you invest in this bar? It's in this area. Oh. This, is, this is well. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I thought about it because it's a bar that's um, severe alcoholics go to. Oh yeah, regulars, <laughs> day drinkers. I mean, yeah, it's a bar that is positioned by the movie studios. So, uh, are you talking about Residuals Tavern? <laughs> I used, to, I used to do comedy Studio there. City. There's there used to be comedy there. Oh my god! They, yeah. they actually showed it on. Um, have you seen the new uh, Bar Rescue? No, the new uh, Bill Hader show on HBO. Barry. I have not watched. They go to residuals in the first episode. I remember doing <laughs> comedy there, and I mean, I'm going to lose your fan base here because it's it's kind of a weird. Uh, yeah movie but uh there was a gene hackman movie in the mid 80s called uncommon valor and it's a war movie and uh, as i was bombing on stage a, a, the black guy from uncommon valor walked in and clearly he was there to just pound booze i'm like oh my god mr witherspoon i'm a big fan i like basically out of them for like you know right the residuals at that point was a bar you went you didn't want anyone to know who you were <laughs> right basically out of the guy for being an alcoholic yeah 
So, uh, but you know, I so point being like I would, you know, I, I thought about investing in this bar. You know, it's got clientele. It's, it, it, they're by the studio, so people go there before they go to work. Mm-hmm. Like there's people drinking there at six oh one in the morning. Oh my god! Are you talking about the drawing room? I don't want to say the name <laughs> of the bar. But, uh, no, no, I'm not. It's, do you know the drawing room? I do. Oof. But it's a bar. I where was gonna go there after a long, uh, a little bender that I had recently. But but point being, I is avoided it. It's it's a good in, it's a solid investment. That, alcohol. That no, bar, alcohol is a good investment in oh, general. I tell everyone I would own a gay bar in, in West Hollywood in two seconds. Oh I, yeah. Mickey's. I don't mean to plug bars. Yeah, I've been there. They're not giving you any money, but I'll. Uh, Mickey's is packed. 365 days a year yeah it's never not crowded. except when i do stand up there it's <laughs> but you're doing it like monday afternoon yeah it's like 7 p.m like, I don't know. you know the people are just getting off work uh you know cabo cantina or no it's there's another place right by mickey's constantly packed oh sure um yeah revolvers packed there's a, there's a few things i i would invest in so i i'm not giving away free advice folks but like alcohol is one um anything related to uh death and funerals <laughs> like we're all gonna die and uh clean water i would invest in a dispensary you would now oh my god i don't know about that it's isn't it oversaturated market well yes it is but like if it's a good i believe uh if you make your product better than anyone else's now weed is weed you know so you're not going to be able to like make a better strain of weed but right if you know like equinox is a very high-end expensive gem do you go there i do wow but it's like i'm in here with the celebrity folks <laughs> you are but no but equinox is like 300 dollars a month now you would jesus th- you would think who on earth would spend that kind of money on a fucking gym right when, when you could join 24-hour fitness for 40 dollars a month but equinox is so clean yeah and is so much better oh cleanliness is huge but i mean it's the equipment's better it's more it, it's bigger so point is people spend it right so that's the same thing with like a dispensary what's the, what's the sauna situation there there's still gay sex that goes on in there. <laughs> Wait, which Equinox is this? I don't want to plug him. <laughs> it's nearby. Let's just put that. Up. It's nearby. But I've never gone. I've never been in an Equinox. So, but if you if you if you were well, I tell people if you work out, it's worth it. If you don't go join twenty four hour fitness, sure. and, and go once or twice a month. The hot yoga studio I go to, right? Uh, it's not cheap. It's not horribly expensive. It's like one hundred and forty a month. Uh, but it's there's none better. It's clean. It's a celebrity clientele. I don't care about that. But people will spend 140 a month. If so, if with a dispensary, if you had like Med Men, mm-hmm. you go into their weed stores. They're just better than others, right? Uh, Gino from Speedweed, yeah, is the Wayne Gretzky of uh weed delivery and and whatnot that's speed weed <laughs> i don't get anything from that they don't sponsor the podcast but i'm open to it well, yeah but like <laughs> uh you know his way of uh dispensing uh marijuana is mm-hmm. better than everyone else's so right you know i would invest in anything uh if there's money if you know there's returns 
Oh yeah, but I'm a maniac with stuff like that. Like <laughs> with with this bar, the person who asked me to invest in, I'm like, I want to see the last two years worth of receipts. Right. I want to see the the down months. The, oh the, yeah, definitely. But they just thought I was like, okay, yeah, here's fifty grand. Oh yeah. my god, uh, no way. Like, but some people would. I want to be a bar owner. I want to. It's yeah. fun. But since I don't drink, I don't care about the fun. I want to see the money. Right. I want to see how much money you guys made last month. How much money you guys made during tax season last year. Right. So they were a little taken aback at my. I don't. Oh, think, I'm the same way. But I don't think people would think you and I would be good business people. They're, oh. Oh, I'm a, I'm a great business person. But last night I was I went to this I was doing a set at a club. That shall go unnamed. And flappers, like, not fucking flappers. I don't step foot in that establishment. I don't either. <laughs> I, I, I banned myself. No, but from they flappers. were they were filming sets. They were filming people's sets. I walk in. I immediately ask, "Are they going to film my set without my permission?" You know, I'm the only comic asking this question. You know, that's shocking, isn't it? That the, I'm the really. only comedian who asked that. What's By the, the way, just a ha You cannot. No. I don't go there. Well, there's how many clubs are there? I, mean, I wouldn't even call it a club. A club oh. is a very loose term. Well, yeah, but but you know, people would not think that you, because you're funny and gregarious, you know, you have this larger than life personality. Same thing with me. No, I'm very shrewd and I'm motivated uh, by business and money a lot of the time, honestly, and and not wasting my time. Sorry. I mean, I've got the time to waste, but I don't want just because you have it. Doesn't mean you want to waste. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, you know, here we are. We're making it in Hollywood. We have to get going. But uh, what do you want to plug? Let's plug your stuff. I mean, there's not much to plug, but <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. It's real simple. I love your tweets. Thank you. At Earl Skakel, E-A-R-L-S-K-A-K-E-L. And I have my podcast that has a Sunday today. Easter Sunday is number nine. On iTunes comedy. Oh, that's great. Inappropriate Earl. I've been on it. Listen She's to my good. episode. Please. I'll be back on it at some oh, point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But that's another thing where it's podcast get you know, it's it's I'm very shrewd with my podcast guests. I only have people on who I think good. interesting. <laughs> I, I do that too. But people ask me like, when am I gonna be on your podcast? I'm like, fucking never. Get yeah, out of I my mean, face. <laughs> I had a guy on I don't mean to make your podcast about mine, but yeah, I had a guy on this week who had sex with Freddie Mercury. Oh, yeah. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to. It, well, he's old school gay dude. Yeah. So, you know, young people might be like, uh-huh. But right. that's a pretty fucking cool story. Yeah, I know. That's great. So it's an interesting guest. So, yeah, you have to be interesting. People think that they go on Heather's podcast, mine, anyone's podcast. You got to have a good story to tell. Yeah. You at least have to be able to talk. Well, I, I've done 209 episodes of mine. There was one guest that was horrible <laughs> because they didn't want to talk about what they were known for, yeah. which I kind of get. I mean, every podcast I go on, I know we got to wrap it up. I get asked about roast battle. Right. And it's like, there's only so many ways to say how I battled Jimmy Carr and how I was on the show from day one. You know, So I get not wanting to, but it's like, it's all you're known for in this particular guest instance. And she didn't, want to talk about anything else is it well it's not going to be a good interview you got to talk on a podcast right and don't rely on the whole you, you have to have a story to tell yeah i Sorry. agree i got a little too aggressive there oh and then also watch earl on uh 
I'm dying, I'm dying up, here. up here on Showtime. You said May 6th. Uh, May 6th is the premiere. I don't know if I'm in that yeah. episode. And the, then also the Jellies. The Jellies. I play Barry Jelly, the dad on Adult Swim. Uh, I think it's Sundays at midnight. On Cartoon Network, yeah. And, uh, and you know, Roast Battle. You might see my leathered and oiled up <laughs> body sooner than you think. Wow. And That's enticing. If you want to see me battle... I'll contact you. Great. Don't send me a battle. And guys, you can uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Fixed Air Heather uh, for my upcoming shows and dates. Go to unrulymuruli.com and I will be back at Roast Battle April 10th battling Guam Felix. <laughs> Don't say anything. I know. Listen, <laughs> I, I feel I, it'll listen. be funny. It'll be good. Guam is, he's a guy we were talking about. Like, at one point, I think he was 7-0. and like, Yeah. Uh, but he's tough. Like, I think, now, I haven't been in the room in a while. Uh, he had these great entrances. Uh-huh. But I don't know if he concentrated on the jokes. I don't believe in entrances. I do. I have to do them. <laughs> I don't need it. I do. Yeah, okay. That goes to being self-aware. Right. Anyone I battle is going to outright me, for the most part. Yeah. So. I, I have to make a fucking spectacle. Yep. Well, you guys, tune in on Periscope to watch that battle. And be nice to Heather. She's great. Yeah, be nice to me. Uh, <laughs> support her. Go see her shows. She's very funny, even though I haven't seen her do stand-up. I'm pretty good. I know, <laughs> but you can tell if someone's funny or not. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah.